This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Oh, hallelujah. How many enjoyed Christmas? Amen. Praise God. I tell you, I love the birth of Jesus, but boy, these holidays, man, they take a toll all of a sudden after lots of days of running and dieting. How many diets at Christmas time? Uh, none of us died at Christmas time. That's why sometimes we get nice new clothes for Christmas and we have to wait a couple months and we can put these on again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're all enjoying it and we'll be coming back again Sunday for New Year's service, New Year's Eve service Sunday morning and then the New Year's Eve celebration Sunday night. Then we'll be starting a brand new one again. Praise God. Another year older, another year wiser. Amen. We're learning, we're learning about things. As long as we're living, we can still keep learning. As long as we keep learning, we can keep changing. As long as we keep changing, we can become more like Jesus and keep on pleasing Him more and have more of an impact on the world. Amen. All right. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about how to live a worry-free life. A worry-free life. The Lord spoke to my heart today and told me that many of you tonight need to learn how to resist worry and fear how to live in faith so your prayers can be answered. Uh, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Then I want to show you a book out of the bookstore that will really help you. And every book I show out of the bookstore will really help you because pretty much uh, most of the books in the bookstore I've read and I've studied over the years, and they've helped develop me and change me to who I am today so I can do all God wants me to do. But in the bookstore, we got a book called Growing Up Spiritually. And I, I read this book way back in about 1980-81. And I've still got my original copy of notes and things like that. But if you're a new Christian especially, this book here will help you to see where you are in your growth process. You know, uh, I know that our kids, we had, we had how many kids we have? Eight. They, they run together, kids, grandkids. I came from a big family, seven in my family. Then we had eight. And now we've got too many fingers and toes to count the grandkids. But anyway, I remember when my kids were growing up, we had them stand up against a place on our wall at home. We'd measure their head every year. And we'd see how tall they were from where they were last year, if they'd been growing or not. But this book has scriptural uh, uh, markings in it to show you where you can measure yourself to where you are as a Christian. The Bible teaches about baby Christians, and everybody starts out as a babe. There's no full-grown men born into the world or full-grown women, every woman, every man, no matter how great they are or what they are, they all start off as a little baby. Somebody need to change them, somebody need to burp them, somebody need to feed them, to dress them, etc., etc. And then after a couple of years, you would hope that they would start learning to do some things on their own. And you know, by the time they're in the, they're 21 years old, you hope they're not Jethro Bodine. Anybody remember Jethro Bodine off Beverly Hillbillies? He was in the fifth grade for all those years, so proud he's in the fifth grade. Well, you know, by the time you've been a Christian for 10 or 15 years, you ought to know a little bit more than what a baby Christian knows. So this book shows you things to measure your spiritual growth, and this shows you how to grow in the Word of God from one level to another. And that book really helped me back when I started my Christian walk. But that's in the bookstore. One of the things that we're looking at tonight about how to uh, live in faith and not be a worrywart, that's a sign of Christian Christian maturity when you quit worrying. Amen. 
And somebody said, how do you quit worrying? That's why you're here tonight. God knew you was going to be here, going to show you how to quit being a worry wart. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. In the King James, it says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, the way King James says it. That's why I got a couple other translations. I write my Bible kind of in modern words, helps me to understand what it means. And there's one translation called the Moffat's translation that says this. Now, faith means that you can understand this. It tells you what, what faith is. Faith means that we're confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. Confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. And the Amplified Bible, which we use a lot around here, says faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That works concerning financial things, family things, job things, health things. And somebody says, well, I don't really understand that. Well, let me ask you this. This is not a set-up question. I'm not going to call you out and embarrass you. But let me ask you this. How many here are convinced that heaven's a real place because you've received Jesus, that when you die someday you have not a shadow of a doubt that I hope I'm going to heaven, that you know you're going to heaven? How many, how many are confident of that and convinced of that? Okay, so that's what faith is. Faith is confident and convinced because the Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, He lived on this earth just like we do, He died on the cross for our sins, He was raised from the dead. This says with your heart you believe, with your mouth you confess to salvation. That means you're going to heaven someday. At the book of Revelations, have you ever read where it says that, that, rebel, that heaven has streets that are made out of pure gold? And Jesus said in John 14, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare one for you. Well, how many believe, although you've never seen it with these eyes, that there's a mansion for you? How many believe that there's streets up there made out of pure gold? Because he said so. Okay, well, see, the same word of God tells you, same word of God tells you, my God shall supply all of your need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The same word of God tells you, Lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, and they shall recover. Same word of God tells you, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved at your house. The word of God tells us all of those things. And so it says right here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that faith is being confident and convinced that what you can't see, but the word of God says is yours, it's yours. Confident and convinced. And you know, real Christians... That really have the revelation that Jesus said, if you don't deny me before men, I won't deny you before my Father. Says you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the angels of God. Well, because real Christians in their heart, they know that they know that they know that they know. That, hey, you can't kill me. If you kill me, I'll just go to heaven. So all you do is help me out. i just get there sooner if you're going to kill me. Say, well, you, you deny Christ. You deny Christ right now. I'm going to kill you. Say, well, hallelujah, Jesus, beat me up. <laughs> I'm coming home. Well, you're convinced of that because the Bible says so. Well, in our life as Christians, to be true people that know how to pray and stick with the Word of God in our life, that our prayers get answered, that we don't deny that God has supplied all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't care what my kids look like right now. I don't care what's going on. Jesus said he saved me and saved my house. And so my kids are coming into the family of God. My kids are coming in. I'm convinced of that. What did you hear what they just did? 
I don't care what they just did. I know what God said. God said, my children are coming in. They're coming in. That's where it is. Well, did you hear what the doctor just said about that, about, about that health report? Well, that'd be what the, that might be what the doctor said. But Jesus said, lay hands of sick and they shall recover. And so I believe in the name of Jesus. I've been prayed for and I'm getting better every day. I'm getting better every day. Well, how can you say that? I'm confident convinced because Jesus said it. I've said what Jesus said. Jesus said what I prayed for in his name. I'm getting better. So that's how I can say that. That's what faith is. Perceive it as real fact. What is not revealed to the senses. That's Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. But now I want to show you another verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. And, you know, I think that probably if you've been saved very long at all, especially if you're in a household that you had a parent or parents that were born again, well, your little child, at some point in time, you've heard this verse. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. What spirit did God give us? The Holy Spirit. And in the Holy Spirit is power, love, and a sound mind. God did not give us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And so I want, I want to say this. Now listen to this. I hope you're taking notes. It's going to help you how to learn how to live free from fear and worry. How many here know how faith comes? You know, a lot of you know that. Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by what? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word of God, you get faith in your heart. If you begin to speak that faith out of your mouth, what's in your heart, then you see things start changing around you. Well, look at this. Second Timothy 1, 7 says there's a spirit of fear. Okay. Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Fear cometh by hearing the negative word of men. Fear cometh by hearing those little darts, those little words from demon spirits that tell you. It's not going to work. You're going to die. You're going to go broke. Your kids are going to go to hell. They're never coming in. You're going to lose. Nothing Nothing you do turns out right. Remember your past. You deserve nothing. You're a loser. You can't do anything. Well, see, that's what negative people will tell you about your life. That's what demon spirits will tell you about your life. And so they put fear in your heart. They put fear in your heart. And if you allow that fear to begin to come out of your mouth and overwhelm you, that you're not going to be a faith person. You're going to be a person of worry, a person of fear. You're going to be a person that chews Rolaids all day long. Hey, bad. You're going to have to live on buttermilk. You're going to have to take Alka-Seltzers. Hey, bad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your stomach's going to be in a mess because of the fear that's eating your guts all the time. And so let, 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 let me say this another way about the faith and fear we're talking about. Talk about how to live worry-free. Faith is have a confidence that what God says about your future will come to pass. Amen. Well, how do you know what God has to say about your future? Read your Bible. When you read your Bible, you'll see what God has to say. I'll tell you one thing he said. Romans 8.31, he said, if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. I'll tell you the other thing he said. In Psalms 91, 16, he said, With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. 
That's a couple of things he said about me. I hold on to those things. I believe in those things. Amen. And so faith is having confidence that what God says about your future will come to pass. Have you got confidence in it? You're going to talk about it. And you know, one thing about my future that I'm not ashamed to talk about, I know that when I die at a ripe old age, I will go to heaven. I will not just be a dead man that people stand there looking at a body laid there in a casket or in California look a little vase <laughs> with a picture of me beside it. But I know, I know, well, I say that, I say that because where we come from the Midwest, there's very few cremations, but everybody lays there where they look at them. But anyway, what I'm saying is this, for my future, I won't just be a dead body laid there. That will be where Bernie Samples used to live at. The guy used to live there, he's in heaven now. Amen. That's what I know about my future, among other things. But anyway, faith is having confidence that what God said will come to pass. Fear is believing that what negative people say, what past experience says, what demon spirits say about your future will come to pass. And so we need to train ourselves to have more confidence in what God said than what the devil says. Amen. And that's what we're talking about tonight, how to live worry-free. So get this. Faith and fear are exact opposites. You can't be a person of faith and be a person of fear at the same time. It's impossible. You're either in faith, you're in fear, because this earth, as spiritual beings, there's no neutral. There's no coast in this life. If you're not pushing forward to build your faith up and grow in faith, then you're going to start sliding backwards. As you slide backwards, if you don't get a hold of it pretty soon, you're going to start getting into that worry mode again where you're worried about the future. You get a bad report about your job, about your health, about your family, and the next thing you know, you're going to say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, 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 oh God. Oh, God. Instead of, dear Heavenly Father. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen. So we want to show you how to shift that gear and get your confidence in God being stronger than your fear from negative people and things. So look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And I know there's some people here tonight that need to hear this as we close out 2017. Because there's some of you look at some pretty serious things in life about health, about family, about finances and other things. And if you'll grab a hold of what we're saying tonight, hopefully write the verses down. But at the very least, listen to the podcast when it goes on the Internet. And then listen to it again. And take some notes, learn these verses, they're going to help you to be able to get the victory over this because God wants His will, His plan, His purpose to come to pass in your life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing. And if you've got a center column reference Bible, mine says anxious. It says be anxious for nothing. Other translation says, Don't fret or worry about anything. And how many know if the Bible says don't do something and you do it, then you've crossed into sinville. If the Bible says don't do it, you're not supposed to do it. And so, in other words, to say it nicely, to be a person that lives in constant worry and fear about the future, you're getting into sin because God said don't worry. And if God said don't worry, then it's possible not to worry. 
That doesn't mean you won't be tempted to worry, but you've got to train yourself from the Word of God how to resist worry and fear. Worry and fear are the same thing. And so, if God didn't give you the spirit of fear, then God didn't give you the spirit of worry. Amen. It says, be careful for nothing. So let me ask you this. If if uh, care here means to worry, then what are you supposed to worry about according to this verse? Nothing. What about if the rent's due January the 1st and you've got your ultimatum? Don't worry about it, God said. We'll show you what to do about it. What about if the doctor said, come back and we're going to give you the results of that report? God said, don't worry about it. Amen. Don't worry about it. So what do you do then? But in everything, how many things? Everything. By prayer and supplication with worry. Uh, by hoping and praying. No. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto Facebook for 10,000 likes. Oh, dear Jesus, help these Christians. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Jesus is raised from the dead. And he's in heaven. Or he would turn over his grave. <laughs> it is so pathetic. When you see a born again child of God facing crisis in life. And you look on Facebook. They say, get me 10,000 likes, and I'll get through this. Can anybody give this little girl 10,000 likes? Well, I'll tell you what I can do. I can just give about 10 words after Jesus in faith. Jesus likes her. Jesus loves her. Jesus can help her. And if you have a bad diagnosis... I got a word for you. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. It has nothing to do if you get 10 million likes. He took 39 stripes. Those 39 stripes are better than 39,000 likes. Hey, man, you hear what I'm saying? We're showing you how not to worry. He said, be careful for nothing. He said, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, Let's request be made known unto John, because John knows how to pray. No, he said, you pray. He said, let your request be made known unto God. He said, when you let him know, he can do something about it. But he said this, now get this. He said, the first thing is, don't worry about it, because if you're worried about it, you're in fear, you're not in faith. Because if you're praying to the same God... That heard you when you were a sinner and said that sinner's prayer. He didn't go deaf after you prayed that. <laughs> when you prayed and said, Jesus, I'm tired of losing in life. Lord, I've tried this my way and it didn't work. Everything I've tried failed, Lord, and I'm tired of losing. Jesus, if you can do anything with this broken life, I give my heart to you, Jesus. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Come into my heart, Jesus. Be my Savior. And how many know, no matter how many demons were chasing you, no matter how many people hated you, when you paid that, prayed that prayer, nothing stopped God from saving you. Amen. 
It all happened. Well, did he change them when it comes to your finances? Or to the health report? Or to the family problems? It didn't change. That same faith that reached up and got a hold of him when you got saved, it's that same faith that hears what it says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Supplication simply means an earnest, heartfelt entreaty. What that means is this. Don't just pray a con prayer of your head. You know what the con prayer is? God, if you come through this time, I promise you I'll be in church the next ten Sundays. You know what? He'll usually give Vitha about once or twice. Then after that, he says, okay, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I knew they were trying to con me, but I let to get them a chance so they could see it. And so after you do that con job like that, the next time you pray, God says, I'm not listed now because you're lying. <laughs> I better get back up here. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> no, we're talking, we're talking about that God said, you don't worry about it, but you pray to him in faith with thanksgiving. And so when you pray in line with God's word in faith, it's going to produce verse 7. Now look at verse 7. You prayed in faith with thanksgiving. It says, when you have the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or shall guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When you pray in line with the word of God in faith, it's always going to produce peace. And what that means is this. Get this. Faith. This is going to help some Christians right now. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. If the doctor said, all these tests show cancer, guess what? Cancer's invaded your body. But, when you pray in faith for healing from God's Word, faith in God will cause the cancer to start leaving your body. Jesus will send His anointing into your body. But just going around saying, I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer. That doesn't change anything. That's fear. That is fear. I know. I, I know. One time I heard this. <laughs> this. 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 I, this dear old lady back in Barnesville, my church. She came up to the prayer line, just really trembling, because her light bill got to about twenty-five dollars. This is back when things were a little cheaper. I said, Pastor, pray that my light bill won't be over twenty-five dollars. That's all I got left. I thought, man, there's no faith in that prayer. That's just fear. Don't let it be over $25. Wouldn't it be better off to pray, Father, I thank you that you supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If my light bill goes up to $26, thank you, Jesus. You got 26 as well as 25. Amen. So in other words, fear prays, don't let it be. Faith says, I don't care. God will overcome it. Amen. You've got to be able to turn your prayers around where there's some faith in them. I want to say it one more time. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. Now, I'll tell you what. I don't like high light bills. But I don't know one thing. Philippians 4.19, God will supply $900. Easy, easy will $90. Amen. God ain't broke. He's got more than enough. And so we have to understand that it says here that we pray and pray faith It says God gives us his peace that guards our heart and our mind. Our heart and our mind. Jesus lives in my heart, but my mind's in contact with this world. 
And so I need help down here and I need help up here both. It says, it says it gives us the peace of God that passes all understanding. Your understanding has to do with your head. And you know, the way I see that is there's people that don't think at all about electricity and things like that. Sometimes on cars or on things like, yeah, I just talk in simple little dub terms that I know, but there's a bypass you can do. You know, sometimes in cars I've rigged up things, I had to bypass my fuse box. And so the juice come through there, it didn't go through there, it just bypassed the whole thing not to blow a circuit. And so what that means for your head is this. We are born again in our hearts. Jesus lives in our hearts. Our heads are part of our emotional realm. And sometimes when you're facing crisis, you'll blow a circuit if your head gets involved with it. So God says, my peace will bypass your understanding. And so what that means is this. You're facing a crisis in life. And carnal Christians, that's Christians don't live by the Bible. They just live by their feelings however they want to. Carnal Christians and unsaved people will say things like this. You don't have enough sense to worry. Don't you realize what this is? Do you realize what the doctor said? Don't you know what he just said? Did you hear what he just said? Yeah, I heard it, but I've given it to God. You need to pray for him. You need to pray for him. He doesn't have enough sense to worry. No, I've got enough Bible sense. I refuse to worry. I gave it to God. Well, well, just stop and think about it. No, if I think about it, I'll get worried. I'm not going to think about it. I've let my petition be known to God. And God gave me his peace that passes all understanding. Well, you're in denial. No, only denial, only denial I'm in, I deny the devil the right to put this on me. I've submitted to my father. My father said that I let my request be laid on to him. He's given me his peace that bypasses my understanding. And so, yes, I know exactly what's going on, but I refuse to let it overcome me. I'm going to let my faith be in God and in his word. God said, lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. And so I know the doctor said that, and the doctor was right in what he saw. But the doctor's operating in one arena. He's operating in this physical arena. I'm in this physical arena, but first of all, I'm a spirit being. I've reached into heaven with my faith. I've talked to Jesus. And Jesus in the spiritual arena is sending faith and healing into my physical body. And so, yes, the doctor said that. The doctor's not a quack. The doctor's doing his job. The doctor saw that, but guess what? I'm serving one a little bit higher than the doctor. And I'm grateful for the doctor, for the wisdom he has. I'm grateful for the treatments. I'm grateful for the medication. All they're doing, but they're just going by what they see. I'm going by what I know. And I know the one that saved me. I know the one that took stripes on his back so I could live long and live strong. I've talked to him. And there's going to come a point in time the doctor's going to say, you know what, Mr. Samples? What we saw is not there. It's gone. But all the way through it, you know what I've done? I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just want to love you. I want to praise you, Jesus. You're my Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for a long life. I thank you, Jesus, that nobody can see you, but I know you. I know whom I serve. I know who I belong to. See, that's what we're talking about, how to get out of worry and get into faith. 
He says that everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Is anybody seeing this, how this works? And so I want to say this one more time because you need to know this. Faith does not deny things. Faith changes things. If you've got a car payment that's due, don't ignore your car payment. Call it in. Sow seed. If you have to make a deal with car people, bank people, you call them and tell them. I'm having a rough time right now. I'm not acting like you guys don't exist because I need my car. I need my car to go to work. I need my car to get by on, but right now, my family's hit a tough time. What can I do to make this work so I can get these payments called up? And then all the time you're doing that, your request will be made on unto God. Father, I want to thank you. I'm a tither. I want to thank you, Jesus. I live for you. And you said, just by all of my need, Lord, I want to thank you. And all the time that you're doing these natural things, you passed them up and went straight to heaven. And heaven's showing you spiritual things. And then the spiritual will always determine the natural, good or bad. Amen. But you got to always remember, if you're going to be a person that is confident in what you hope for, convinced of what you do not see, you've got to learn how to, how to, how to get your head Unhook this arena long enough to get hooked up with that one with your heart and then tell your head to shut up when it contradicts the Word of God. As somebody said, you mean, we just gotta ignore everything, we gotta ignore everything we've ever learned? No. But anything you've learned that's contrary to God's ways in the Bible, you gotta put those learnings on the shelf. Amen. You know, I think about when David had leukemia. You know, sometimes it seems like you don't talk about that, but when you got a head, that thinks in line with the Word of God, where the doctor said that he had an 80-20, 80% of the people of his thing died, 20% lived. You know what my first thing was, my first thought? Well, glory to God, he's one of the 20. Amen. Hey, if you're a child of God, and 99% of the people in your situation lose, why can't you be the one that wins then? You know, this is this is all programming your thinking to quit thinking like the world Start thinking like God. Hey man, if one out of a hundred wins and you're a child of God and God's for you, why, why can't you be the one? Well, let me tell you why you can't. Because you watch too much news and internet. <laughs> okay. Back to the Word. 1 Peter chapter 5. And we'll, we'll wrap up here in 1 Peter chapter 5. Spend just a few minutes here. But you've got to know that when you pray in faith and you stay in faith by thanking Him, praising Him, and staying hooked up, you are going to get the answer. But He said, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And, you know, I just thought of something. How about these people with the 10,000 likes? What happens if they only get 999? Man, if they fall one like short, do they not get it? <laughs> Guess what? When it comes to Jesus, you're not on the merit system. You're on the faith system, on the love system, on the grace system, on the mercy system. When you're living for Jesus and you've got a right heart and you're doing your best to do things His way, He's going to come through for you. So forget the likes. <laughs> I see those 
Facebook accounts getting shut down now. And what's that guy's name? Zuckerberg? He'll be <laughs> say, I heard about that church in California. He's trying to shut down Facebook. No, we're trying to help Christians. Amen. First Peter chapter five, verse six says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care. There's the care again upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, that dirty politician. Because your adversary, that mean judge. Because your adversary, that parole officer, doesn't like your family. Because your adversary who? The devil is your adversary. I will guarantee you behind every evil thing or person that's hounded you in life, the devil's back there somewhere instigating it. Until you realize that this spiritual warfare, you've got an enemy out there, you're never going to make it. You've got to know that. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Who resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And so, verse 6 says, Humble yourselves out of the mighty hand of God, he may exalt you in due time. That simply means yield your heart to Jesus. Let Jesus know that you can't do it your way and win, that you know that. He already knows that. You let him know that you know it now. And say, Lord, I'm going to do it your way. If it's in the Bible, I'm going to believe it. If it's in the Bible, I'm going to obey it. Lord, if it's in the Bible, I'm going to do my best to change my life, to hook up with the Bible. And then he says that he may exalt you in due time. That means a lot of things. Promote you. See your prayers answered. See things come to pass in your life. That's when you yield it to him and quit trying to do it your way. Say, well, I'm going to try one more thing. If that doesn't work, then I'm going to give it to God. No, right at the start, you give it to God. Amen. It says, casting all your care upon him. Casting all your care upon him. That means let him have your worries, your anxieties, your fears, your concerns, everything that's trying to eat you up on the inside says give it to Jesus. Amen. And the Amplified Bible says give all those to him because he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. And I remember years ago when my wife and I were going through a crisis, probably 35 years ago, things were going on. I saw the Living Bible, and it said something like this. Let him have all your worries, because you can't do anything about it anyway, but he can. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not going to give my worries to my wife. She can't do anything about it. I'm not going to give my worries to Dr. Barclay, my pastor. He can't do anything about it. I'm going to give my worries to Jesus. Jesus could do something about it. It says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you affectionately. It says, let Jesus have those worries. God did not give you, Dominic, the spirit of fear, but a power to love the sound mind. Hey, man, fear comes from the devil. Man, resist that thing. Tell him to stay off of you. Hey, man, God promised you a long life. He said a long life, and God meant it. Hey, man, next time the thing knocks on your door, you just tell it, get out of here now in Jesus' name. Devil, I don't mean maybe. You stay off me. Stay out of here. I don't belong to you anymore. Amen. Amen. 
That's what God says to all of you, that he didn't give you fear and come from the devil. But then I want you to notice then, in verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, you've got to get the revelation that the devil is just as real as Jesus is. Amen. Jesus has all power. Jesus has all authority. But he gave it to you in the Holy Ghost, in the Word of God. You cannot deny the devil's out there because he is. And it says what he's doing. It says, as a roaring lion, he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is the source of all fear. Jesus is the source of all faith. It says, Satan is seeking whom he may devour. It says, as a roaring lion. You know why he's as a roaring lion? Because Jesus went down into hell and stripped him of his authority. He pulled his teeth. Anybody ever see that old cartoon at Christmas time, the Bible snowman? <laughs> Little old guy pulled all those teeth out. <laughs> That's how the devil is, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And what he wants to do, he'll come throwing thoughts at your head and see, are you going to speak out all that fear? Are you going to say, devil, get out of here. Get thee behind me, Satan. What are you going to say? And he'll come knocking on your door. And if you resist him, says steadfast in the faith, says he has to flee. He has to get out of here. And what, what, what it literally says in the Greek is steadfast with your faith. Resist him steadfast with your faith. If you're taking notes, write this down. There's three components to faith you've got to remember. If you're going to resist the devil steadfast with your faith, number one, Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So if you're going to resist Satan steadfast with your faith, you're going to have to stay continually hearing the word of God. You know my wife and I do at nighttime? When we go through seasons of a crisis more than other times, I praise God for YouTube now. That you get Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, anybody you want to, you go on YouTube. And what I do, I go on YouTube, I put my screen upside down on my dresser beside my bed so that light doesn't bother me. I let Brother Hagin preach to me all night long. Or whoever else it is. You know what that's doing? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. I tell you what, it's kind of hard for the devil to put bad stuff on me in my sleep if Kenneth Hagin's talking louder. Amen. Or Pastor Dave. Or whoever else you want here. Or we have, we have an up and cover called Pastor Dave, <laughs> Brother Dave, come to our men's meeting. Amen. Guys, make sure you come the first Saturday of January. Dave had really prepared some good stuff for us to hear. But anyway, three components of faith. Number one, faith comes by hearing Romans 10, 17, the Word of God. Number two, in Mark 11, verse 22 and 23, Jesus said, he's given us the faith of God. And he said that is released by what you say. He said, you speak to the mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things which you sayest shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you sayeth. Mark eleven twenty three. you shall have whatsoever you sayeth. So if you're going to resist the devil steadfast in your faith, you're going to keep on hearing the word, you're going to keep on speaking the word. Have whatsoever you sayeth. And then the third component is James one twenty two. James one twenty two would be you doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. You hear what God's Word says to do in your situation. 
You speak what God's word says to do, and then you act on it. You act on it. Whatever you have to do that's in line with that, if it's a money thing, that's real simple. If you're going through money crisis and you're not a tither, start tithing. And you can't just tithe by saying, I believe in it. You tithe by putting it in. That's how you act on the word for tithing. You actually give God 10% of your money. You hear what it says about the tithing. You begin to talk about tithing. And you put the tithe in the offering bucket. And you're acting on the word of God. And so you resist it steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in your faith. And so it says, I want you to notice this here. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. Well, what's he trying to do? He's trying to, verse 7, put those cares back on you. Put those worries back on you. The mortgage payments due January the 1st. The rent payments due January the 1st. And here it is, December the 30th. You don't see it yet. You don't start worrying. You don't start crying. You don't start pouting. Get on your knees. And you don't come begging. You've already asked him for it. He said everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Get on your knees then. Raise your hand. Raise your hands and say, Jesus, thank you that I'm in covenant with you. Thank you, Jesus. You said Philippians 4, and I need you to supply all of my needs. Thank you, Jesus. I realize, Lord, it's not January 1st yet. It's getting close, Lord, but I'm not going to worry about it because you said don't worry about it. So I want to thank you, Jesus. January the 1st, I'll have the money. Or, Lord, if you want to do it some other way, that's okay, too. If you want to just give me favor with the land, Lord, Favor with the people. They just say, hey, that's okay. I got the holiday spirit. I'm going to bless you this month. Whatever you want to do, Lord, I want to thank you. However you do it, I want to thank you. You're going to do it. And those thoughts come to your head. And the devil, get this, the devil always talks to you in first person so you think it's your own thoughts. All of a sudden, you hear this thought. Well, remember the last time what happened? Well, you remember about this? You remember about that? Well, you know what just happened to Cousin John? Well, you know how mean that guy is? You know how mean that landlord is? Oh, that landlord, he's got a reputation. He loves to kick families out. Well, that guy's not going to take care of you. He don't like people like you anyway, like that. They say, devil, shut up. Get out of my head in the name of Jesus. If God be for me, who can be against me? Jesus loves me this much. And Lord, I'm looking to you and I want to thank you. Those thoughts come. You cannot resist thoughts with thoughts. You gotta resist thoughts with words. You gotta open your mouth and you've gotta say things like this. Fear, I resist you in Jesus' name. Worry, get out of here in Jesus' name. Cares, anxieties, I bind you in Jesus' name. Get off of me. And you say, Holy Spirit, thank you. I don't have the spirit of fear. I got the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And I want to look at this last verse, verse 9. I want you to see this. It says, Who resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. I was preaching through the bars. I wasn't in jail. I went down sick at the Bloomington Jail in Monroe County, Indiana back in 1981. And I was preaching this guy. They wouldn't let me come in and see him, so I had to preach through the cells. I had to holler from one cell to another to get through to this guy. And I was telling him this verse. And the Lord said, tell him this. I want to tell you this. Get a hold of this. 
This is the closer for you. He said there's two kinds of Christians, either in the word Christians or in the world Christians. This does not say the same affliction accomplishing your brethren. It said your brethren are in the world. And so you can either live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church, or you can jump in all the way. Amen. He said the same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren. It didn't stop there. It says your brethren that are in the world. And so I choose, I choose to live in the word. I choose to live hooked up with the family of God. I choose to be submitted to my pastor, Dr. Mark T. Barclay. I choose to be submitted one to another in the fear of God in my church. I choose to serve Jesus, to live for Jesus. And when I see things that need to change, I choose to change. When I see things that the Word of God says to do, I'm going to say, yes, sir. Show me how. That's what I'm going to do. But that's what he said to do. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God. The peace of God. One more nugget i got to throw at you then when I say that one. If you're not in peace, you're not in faith. When you're in faith, you have peace. No matter what's going on around you, how bad it looks, when you're in faith, you don't care. You're not ignoring it, but you're not going to let it eat you up. And so that'll be your, that'll be your measured stick. Next time you're in a crisis, if you are right now, when you've truly given it to God, you go to sleep and you don't worry. You wake up, praise Him and thank Him and you don't worry. Amen. And so anyway, that's God's word to you tonight. If you've been being eaten up with worries and fears and those things trying to get a hold of you, give it to God. Keep it in His hands and just thank Him and thank Him and thank Him. It's coming to pass in your life. Amen. You'll close out 2017 in faith and worry-free. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.